go through the catalog of mm-hmm. all the different topics you've yeah. talked about yeah. with Brian. You've really had some incredible, especially over the past year, as we're coming up on the one-year anniversary of Brian losing his mother, there's been a lot of amazing information and content and just mm-hmm. reality going through this entire podcast. And it's such an invaluable resource. Mm-hmm. And you don't have to pay for it, people. Right. It's free. It's free. So there you that. go. <laughs> And welcome back to another episode of Coping on the Couch with Brian and Courtney. I am Courtney Kelly. I am a licensed therapist here in Rhode Island. And Brian is on vacation. So we have Ben DeCastro here today with us. Good evening. And we started this podcast as a way of encouraging people to get help around mental health and that there is absolutely no shame in it. There's a lot of help out there. And, you know, sometimes when people just listen to the podcast, they can pick up some quick tips and some things that can help them through some trying times. But we also have a lot of resources and we try to share resources with people and also to help them to get some help if they need it. And I just wanted to throw out on our website at catcountry.com Wellness Wednesday page. We do different episodes on mental health each week and we also have resources there if anybody is looking for counseling. You know, I was just talking about this the other day with a buddy of mine who kind of does a lot of what I do, mm-hmm. how popular podcasting has become. And just because when people want to learn something or if they've got a topic that they're trying to tackle, they want to improve on something mm-hmm. or they want to, you know, dig deeper into something, they go to the spoken word, they go to the podcast. Yeah. And as much as I love country music, being on Cat Country 98.1, mm-hmm. along with you, it, it's great, it's wonderful, but there's also a lot of knowledge out there. And, you know, kudos to you and Brian for just kind of opening it up and being honest with the conversation week after week. There's a lot to be said for that. Yeah, it is a beautiful thing with podcasts. I am hearing so many people that, you know, they're multitasking, they're doing stuff in the house, but they're like popping that on in the background. And it's so great because you can reach so many people and get the word out about all different things. And like you said, it's an offshoot of I'll go to YouTube if I have to figure something out. Now I'll go to the podcast and learn something new. So So what are we talking about today? So today we're talking about things that we can do when we're feeling overwhelmed. And I'm thinking to kind of focus in on how to get more organized and prioritize, Ben, because I find that a lot of clients come in and even my friends, actually, I have to an example that happened this previous week. But things that happen that people feel things are coming at them from all directions and they don't know how to prioritize and kind of slow it down a little bit. So I thought we'd talk about that, maybe some time management. And especially we mentioned this in one of our episodes of Wellness Wednesday, we're all under chronic stress right now Oh sure. because of everything going on in the world and also because of the pandemic. And this starts to eat away at our energy and our focus. And it makes us feel like maybe something a year ago or two years ago that we could have dealt with easier, right now we might feel really overwhelmed by it. So I thought maybe we could shine a light on that and acknowledge that. And for you, have you had moments of overwhelm where you just feel like you don't know where to start? Oh, yeah. I mean, listen, I am a very busy person. Mm -hmm. I have always been a very busy person. You know, as soon as I dropped out of school and started getting a job, Mm -hmm. I didn't just get one job. I had a couple different jobs because I wanted to work. I wanted to do things. And as I moved through, one of the biggest pieces of advice that Pete Cardi gave me when I start working at Cardi's, he said, you need one system, just one. It's got to be a calendar book or it can be on your phone, but you need one system Mm -hmm. that's going to manage your time and your calendar 
because if you don't manage it, it's going to manage you. Right. And it took me a while to kind of get established in it and build it into the routine. But when I start agreeing to things, if I don't go to my calendar and put it in, Mm -hmm. or if I start taking on more projects before you know it, you start to forget because we talked a few weeks ago about me having ADHD and everything. A lot of times in the moment, I'll think, yes, this is great. I can absolutely handle it. And then when it comes time to start really putting the product together or the project together, it's like, what did I do? Right. You have to stop and take a step back and deal with it. But the bigger topic or the bigger subject to tackle is how do I prevent this from happening again? I've made the commitments. I can't back out of it. But how do I get myself away from keep on falling into that trap of overextending myself? And then it brings on the stress. Then it brings on the overwhelmed feeling. Right. And it got to a point years ago where I would have to literally tell myself, okay, regardless what happens, tomorrow will come Mm -hmm. and the next day will come. I'm going to be fine. I can get through this. I just need to start breaking this down. What can I do? How can I do it? But the bigger issue is how do you get to that point? Where do you set those boundaries? Because you want to avoid that overwhelming feeling. Yes. But hey, let's face it, a lot of people listening have already made a lot of commitments to different mm-hmm. things. So what is it in your industry when somebody brings this to you? I guess the first question that I would love to know is how do you start to recognize it in your clients? Because mm-hmm. if a person came to you and said, I'm overwhelmed, I've booked myself way too much. Right. That, to me, is you've already accepted the problem. You're looking for help to solve it. Mm -hmm. How do you get people to recognize that they're leading themselves up to a problem or see those early warning signs? Well, when people come in, like you said, they kind of already exhibit. Their emotions are all over the place. They're feeling very vulnerable to any stressors that come toward them. And they'll say to me, like, I don't want to get upset and angry all the time, but they feel like they don't have any other emotions going on. They feel like either crying or overwhelmed or they get angry. So it's really stopping and... A lot of times when people are overwhelmed, they don't want to stop because they feel like it's going to pile on top of them. But I think one of the keys is to be able to stop and hit pause and say, okay, where are we at? Let the feelings come. It's okay. If you want to cry it out, I'll hand the tissues. It's like, it's okay to get some of these emotions out, but let's just hit pause. Because a lot of times our brain is telling us that things are urgent that are really not as urgent as we think they are. It's like, oh my gosh, I have to do this right now at this moment. Do you really have to do it right now at this moment or is your brain trying to tell you a story so let's take a pause because the 10 or 15 minutes that you can stop and think and really give yourself some time can save you time in the end because you can prioritize and get yourself organized if you think that everything is the same importance you're going to be overwhelmed but not everything is the same importance I was going to point to this that it happened to me with a friend who was moving recently all of a sudden there were so many things that she was dealing with at once There was a personal loss. There was the moving. There was selling the houses, all of these things. And I said, wait, you have to stop, take a breath and organize your thinking here and prioritize. What do you need to do today? (laughs) You don't need to worry about that other thing that's happening next week. Let's stop and focus you on today. So a lot of times with clients, I'll help them to recognize when things are getting out of control and when they're not managing their life well in that way and help them to slow down and prioritize. And the other thing I always throw out there is your value. What is important to you? Like you were saying, are people coming at you and asking you to commit to different things? Is that one of the things that overwhelms you? It's not the fact that they're asking. It would be the fact that I would just accept it without really consulting my calendar and Mm -hmm. really thinking about the scope of what it was going to take. I was too quick 
to jump on the trigger. Mm. And I liken it to, before we had this magic thing called Siri and Google and all these other things that (laughs) guide us when we're on the roads, if you miss a turn, it automatically updates and says, oh, take a turn here. But back in the day, when they had these things called maps, Mm. otherwise known as a paper GPS, (laughs) if you just kept on driving in circles or driving, you were lost, oh, I'm going to try to find this road, and you're half looking at the map, it's not going to work. Right. You need to stop. Mm-hmm. You need to take the two to three minutes because the two to three minutes you stop to pull over to the side of the road and look and say, okay, well, here's where I am. Here's where I need to get to. You're just working yourself deeper and deeper, and it's going to take you that much longer to get out. Right. So that's kind of why I talk about if you've made the commitments, if you can't get out of the commitments, then you have to honor them. How do you get yourself to a point where you're not overcommitting yourself, mm-hmm. overextending, and leaving yourself margin? Because that's really what it is. How yeah. much margin can you leave yourself in the day-to-day or the week-to-week to handle mm-hmm. things like your friend, there was right. a family member who passed, or there was this that came up? Mm-hmm. Something's always going to come up. Yeah. You need to have that margin. You can't run with razor-thin no. periods of free time. You're going to crash and burn. Well, one of the things is being self-aware. So you have to be able to observe yourself and know how you're feeling and kind of get to know yourself. A lot of times we're basing this on what somebody else is doing. I can't live my life the way that you do. It works for you because, like you said, you're very task-oriented and you want to go boom, 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 and you like your attention being in different places. But maybe I have to do things in a different way. So if I try to run my life like you, then I might get into trouble. But I'm just saying, Courtney, it would be much better. I think you'd be much happier. Trust me. I mean, you (laughs) don't know what it's like driving on 146, listening to Chumbawamba going crazy, (laughs) trying to get to a Woo Sox game because you're going late. It's awesome. Come on. (laughs) It's a rush, man. It's a rush. I think in this society, we are judging ourselves by other people. And rather than putting ourselves up to somebody else's standard, let's get to know ourselves and what works. Somebody else's system might not work for you. You've had to really stop and figure out what it is that works for you that gets the best out of you. Like you said, I know that you worked better in the morning, but if somebody tries to make you do something later in the afternoon or evening that's not conducive to kind of where your brain is at, it's a struggle for you. So then you know if you have to do that, you have to build in more time for certain things so that you can get that task done. So knowing this about ourselves is very important. But the other thing I wanted to mention was values. So if you're doing things that don't give you good energy or give you a good output, you don't feel good about, you're just doing it because people are asking you, that also will zap your energy. So it's important for us to know what our values are. What is important to us? You know, there may be certain tasks that you're like, you know what, that would be better served having someone else do it so that I can free my time up for the thing that I really love. Maybe I love doing charity work or there's certain volunteering things that I like to do and I want to do that, but yet I don't feel as close to something that somebody's saying, oh, can you help me with moving? There might be certain things that you're like, that drains my energy. I don't want to say yes to that stuff so much, you know? Because when you say yes to one thing, you're saying no to something else. Mm -hmm. And usually that no is to self-care, is to evaluating. And I think it's important that people understand, and I'm sure you convey this probably 10 times per session, Mm -hmm. that you're going to fail. As soon as the sun rises, I am going to overcommit myself Mm -hmm. in the next week, in the next month, in the next six months. I'm going to overextend myself. And I need to have that self-awareness, the self-value to recognize and say, okay, geez, you know, I really, I didn't do this too well, Mm -hmm. or I've already overextended myself. I can't get out of it. How can I start now or take advantage of the free time and strategic plan? We've talked about my calendar system Mm -hmm. before. Brilliant. 
it's brilliant for me because yeah. it works. It may not work for everybody, mm-hmm. but it's finding what is that key to helping you avoid getting into those situations. Exactly. And the other thing, Courtney, I'm going to tell you right now, you talked about saying no. People have to get used to saying no. You have to be comfortable with saying no. You also have to be comfortable hearing no. Mm-hmm. Because if you're going to say no, people are going to say no to right. you. <laughs> That's a good point. And right. you've got to accept that because at some point, you realize what you're doing for yourself. If you're asking something of somebody else and they say no, realize that that's really beneficial for you because you now have to either find somebody else who will do a much better job Mm -hmm. or who is better into it or has more time to pay attention to it. You assume that they've already figured out where their limit is. The no is a two-way street. And as much as you want to be positive and in any kind of business world, you always want to say yes, yes, yes to the customer and everything. Sometimes you have to say no because you're not going to make the customer, you're not going to make yourself happy. You're not going to make your family happy by always saying yes. Exactly. When you're over-accommodating to the detriment of yourself, that is when it's not a good thing. And I've worked with people a lot about that to the point where I'll say to them, okay, so isn't this one of the things that you decided that you were going to start to have some limits around? But it's so difficult for people because they're so used to being the people pleaser or wanting to be the one who's accommodating, wanting to be the one who's always very helpful. But you have to look at, in the end, what does that do to you? Does it turn you into someone who's resentful? That's not helpful for your life or your relationship. So it's looking at that honestly. For your clients and the folks that you talk to, obviously everybody's different, but is there any kind of like a basic guideline or a step one, no matter who you are, Mm -hmm. this is something you need to start to realize, or this is how you're going to start to identify when you're overextending yourself, Mm -hmm. when you're putting yourself up for failure or not necessarily failure in a bad way, but you're going to be overwhelmed. How do you start to broach that subject and what, in your mind, is the most universal piece of advice Mm -hmm. to just get the person started in the right direction? Well, I think for me, the biggest thing, I'm big into mindfulness and staying present. And I think for me, that's the first thing that I teach people when I talk to them. I talk to them about wise mind. I talk to them about the fact that we have an emotional mind. We have a rational mind. And we also have where that comes together, we have a wise mind where we can kind of see all of the consequences of some of our behaviors. And what we tend to do is we live in emotional mind a lot of times. It's like, oh, I feel affected by this and this is how I feel. But yet if we act out on that, sometimes we can have some serious consequences or even to ourselves. So looking at that and saying, what are my choices here? But the first thing is we have to be aware. So we have to stay present. And that's not always easy. We are taught to run at 100 miles an hour and make lots of decisions on the fly and boom, 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 boom. And that can be exhilarating and all, but that can also be very draining. So yeah, my first plan of approach with people is to be mindful and stay present and live from that space. We can't always, but it's a great skill to have. And actually, some of my clients are like, wow, I tell them when you start to feel overwhelmed, take a breath, go to wise mind, that place that acknowledges the emotions that you're feeling. It's not trying to deny your emotions, but it's also saying, okay, what are my choices here? How do I prioritize this? You go more into a rational mind space. And then from there, you can see the bigger picture. And I have people who said they stop dead in their tracks when they start to feel overwhelmed. Oh my God, I have all this stuff to do. What's going on? And they say, okay, let me take a breath. Yeah. 
all right, let me stop and say, okay, let me acknowledge that I'm feeling this way, that I'm overwhelmed or that I'm upset or sad. What is it that I need to do? And what are my possible options here? And how do I prioritize? And I think that's one way to really organize so that you can start to feel better. What it really sounds like you're saying is you are coaching people or helping them to realize that they're in the driver's seat. Mm -hmm. And you make the analogy kind of coming back to that whole the GPS thing. We built the machine to help us keep going and never to stop. (laughs) We've built all these systems. I mean, we're sitting here in the studio in Providence, Rhode Island, and I'm watching the computer screen flip up. We've set it on automation. It's playing the songs. It's Mm -hmm. playing the commercials. So we don't have to sit here and push the buttons. buttons. (laughs) But we're still in control. We need to sometimes relinquish the automation Mm -hmm. to our self-control and stop so we can have that moment of, hold on, I'm driving. Yeah, I'm the one driving my life. Mm-hmm. I'm the one driving these choices. Right. And yes, I may have gotten myself so far into a mess that it's going to take me a little bit to work out. But how can I avoid getting into this mess again in the future? Right. I think the mindfulness that you're talking about is huge. We've talked about this before. How important is journaling in situations like this, and more importantly, to take a moment to write down what you're feeling when you're at the highest point of stress. Well, they've had so many studies on this, and now it's not for everybody because some people tell me, I hate journaling. I say, okay, fine. I'm not Those are the ones that usually need it the most. (laughs) They're like, I hate it. But the thing of it with journaling, really important to get the feelings out because sometimes just expressing them kind of gets some of that clutter out of you and can help you to move forward. So journaling can be a great way to express, to figure out what it is you're really feeling because a lot of times we don't sit and think about this. And so sometimes we don't even know what's going on until we start writing things out. But it can be a great way to start to process emotions and to just let some of that stuff go. Some of this stuff we don't even need to sit and process and look at and all this stuff. We just need to let it go. We know where it comes from and we just need to, here we go, let those emotions out. So with the journaling, that can be really, really important. And also just getting things out of your mind. I'll tell people before they go to sleep, do a brain dump or even during the day, write down stuff that's kind of flying around your head because what it helps with is it helps you to get it out so that it's not jumping around constantly and saying, oh, don't forget this, or oh, do this, do this. Or again, like our brain will make it seem urgent, like we have to attend to this right now when we actually don't. It's an illusion. So it helps you to prioritize in that way too. And worry once, worry well. I do this with clients too. I say, listen, set a timer. If there's something that's really bothering you and you want to worry about it, worry is not always a bad thing. Worry can help us to figure out a solution. Set a timer, say 10 minutes. I'm just going to worry, worry, worry about this problem or 15 minutes, worry, worry, worry. But after the 15 minutes, I'm going to go do something else. Rather than having this worry constantly jump up in your day all day long, write down the things that you can do about this worry. Once you've done those things, you have to put it aside and say, that's something for over here. I need to work on these other things right now. That's another way to help you to prioritize. It's actually kind of compartmentalizing. So Brian talks about this sometimes where he can put certain things in certain spaces in his brain so that he can work on A, B, and C. And then D and E over here can kind of settle so that it's not bothering the rest of the things that he's doing. So compartmentalizing can be used in a positive way to isolate some of the negative thinking so that it doesn't kind of jump into the rest of the stuff that you're trying to do. And that's what happens. That's why we feel overwhelmed, because we feel like we're not doing the right thing. Everything we do, we're like, no, I should be doing this or that, or I haven't done enough of that. And so these are the things of these techniques to try to help so that you can calm yourself enough so that you can 
can kind of see through all of that and you can make your choices. And like you said, in the end, it's really about learning so that you can get to a place where you are not putting yourself in a position of overwhelm all the time. In such a health conscious world, obviously, as we're still dealing with various elements of COVID and everything, to take it to a health perspective, worrying is like the emotional fever. It's a Mm. warning that there's something happening in you and that worrying can be a good, useful tool to give you the warning to, okay, stop. When you put a leash on it. (laughs) Exactly. But you can't let it just run wild. No. You have to treat it. Otherwise, Mm -hmm. you can turn around and walk away. It's going to be 10 times worse when you Mm -hmm. come back. Yeah. And what you resist persists. So a lot of times we have to sit with it or we have to learn how to allow it to tell us what it is that we need to learn from it. I was just reading an article yesterday about anxiety and this woman said, you know, anxiety gets a bad rap. It's actually there to help us. And it is. It's trying to indicate to us certain areas of our life that may be out of balance that we need to focus on and certain things we need to do to help ourselves. So if we can embrace certain uncomfortable feelings, as they say, sometimes get comfortable with being uncomfortable. (laughs) Sometimes we have to embrace that stuff so we can learn more. And that's why people are afraid to stop because they think something's going to catch up with them that they don't want to have to sit with. And what you have to sit with sometimes is the truth. And so really giving a space to that, and again, with a leash, with a timer and that kind of thing, can be really effective. The other thing I talk to people about is if they feel that they're having a hard time even getting things started because they feel overwhelmed, I talk to them about 10-minute tasks, just putting a timer on that and saying, okay, you might feel overwhelmed. Oh my gosh, cleaning out my closet's going to take me days. So then you never do it, right? Because you're like, I don't have time for that. I say, break it down and say, how about 10 minutes? And what happens is sometimes once your brain gets over, because your brain is resisting, but if you can find out the smallest amount that your brain can tolerate, say like 10 minutes, your brain will say, okay, I can handle anything for 10 minutes. So once you're doing it for 10 minutes, you might actually do it for 20 because you're already there. And then you say, okay, then tomorrow I'll attack it again. And before you know it, you see progress, you start to feel better. And then all of a sudden you got motivation to put in two hours. So that can be a way to get over some of your brain resistance. But interesting, last night I was Googling, there's this woman, Julie, she has fillingthejars.com, and it looks like a great resource for people. A lot of solutions for making your goals, goal setting, organizing, living more intentionally, she said, for overthinkers who get overwhelmed. And I said, yeah, she talks about monotasking, like really focusing in like the 10-minute task, focusing in on one thing at a time rather than the multitasking that everybody thinks is so effective. One of the guys that I love listening to in his podcast, Michael Hyatt, he came out with it years ago, and actually the U.S. Navy, Mm. after he put this whole thing together, brought him in to train their leadership team. He said, multitasking is the biggest farce that's out there. Mm -hmm. You're not multitasking. You're attention dividing. Mm -hmm. How about focus on one thing and do that? Similar to what we hear right up the road here in Foxborough. Mm -hmm. Do your job. This is the one thing I want you to focus on. I want you to focus on this. Now, once that's done, now we can move on to the next next play. And you can't start focusing on too many different things because you're just just dividing your attention mm-hmm. and something's going to get missed. Look, it's not always going to be the thing that breaks the right, machine. Right, right. But you can do a much better job and you can do it a lot less stressful mm-hmm. and you can handle it. You will not get overwhelmed when you're going through that. That just made me laugh because you know in the morning show here in Providence, I'm running the boards. You're doing multitasking, right? That's right. your job because you have to do all these things. If I mess up, I can just say, hey, I was attention dividing. That's right. <laughs> 
I should be only doing one task at a time. Absolutely. There you go. <laughs> I have an excuse anytime I press the wrong button. Somebody's got to feed Jake the cat. He's around here somewhere. Exactly. Put There's a bell so much on to him, do please. around here. Come on. But no, but that's so true, Ben, and I love that. Like, yeah, attention dividing because I think that we buy into so many things. This goes back to being self-aware. We buy into so many things that work for other people or supposedly work for other people. Maybe instead of struggling or judging ourselves for not being able to do that, we need to focus inward and find our own system. Yes, use other people as inspiration and try out different things that they suggest, but don't use that as the absolute template. You might tweak it in a way that works for you so that you can get things done and be less overwhelmed. At some point in your life, you need to figure out what your best practice is Mm -hmm. for whatever it may be. You need to document it. Because you need to see it on paper or a computer document and saying, okay, if I'm going to do this task, which I do on a regular basis mm-hmm. all the time, for me, if it's making a video or if it's anything yeah. out there. And for some people, if you're planning a wedding, mm-hmm. there are lists out there oh, yeah. online that mm-hmm. you can download and you can edit yourself mm-hmm. to help you so you won't get overwhelmed. But when you get that regular occurrence of a task, if you can document it and it helps you to kind of go back and see, okay, where did I get off track here? Mm-hmm. Or if you're really good, when you get really good at it, which may not happen all the time, you can say, oh, gee, you know what? I followed the plan. worked like a yeah, tea. That's I followed awesome. the recipe, and it came out great. And get curious and really try things. Experiment and see what could be your template, what could really work for you. That's a great idea, Ben. Well, you know. People might want to contact for. you about this. You're very organized. <laughs> Let me put into practice one thing that we just talked about. Yes. No. <laughs> <laughs> oh, now you want to start with the no band. Well, All right, I see. Uh, I don't have the license like you, but I do have an accordion, and I am available for bar mitzvahs. There you go. So I love this. So yes, I think the takeaway from this, just learning how to prioritize. If you feel really overwhelmed and you've had a lot of stuff coming at you, therapy can definitely help in that way, too, of helping you to break things down and to prioritize, and it gives you a space to listen to yourself. That's what I love about therapy. I do give feedback. I help people process their emotions. I give them tools to use. But I think the most valuable thing that I do is I hold a non-judgmental space so that people can hear themselves rather than other people who are well-intentioned but maybe telling them what to do. I help them to be able to listen to themselves about what they can do to help themselves because they know best ultimately. So I think in therapy that can be very helpful for this whole process of feeling less overwhelmed. So definitely look into our resources. Like I said, catcountry.com, Wellness Wednesday page. We have resources on how to get into counseling and get some support. And folks, if you're listening to this, if you're a regular listener, it's a wonderful thing to share this episode with somebody that you may see is going through these kind of struggles and go through the catalog of Mm -hmm. all the different topics you've talked about with Brian. You've really had some incredible, especially over the past year, as we're coming up on the one-year anniversary of Brian losing his mother, there's been a lot of amazing information and content and just Mm -hmm. reality going through this entire podcast. And it's such an invaluable resource. Mm -hmm. And you don't have to pay for it, people. It's free. It's free. So there you go. (laughs) So certainly share what you're hearing here, because that will help somebody else. And you know, it just might help the person that you have to say no to, and then they'll understand. And if you need a little help in that, direction, you can email me, wellness at wctk.com. I can help you with learning how to say no. It's a beautiful thing. Should we go longer? <laughs> no, Ben, Very good. I think we're all set. See, Courtney, you made it. Congratulations. <laughs> Thank you so much for coping on the couch this week with Courtney and Brian and Ben DeCastro in the house. Always great to be here. I love this. Again, I can't say it enough. I love what you guys are doing with this. I think it's excellent and well needed. We thank you so much. And thank you so much for being here, Ben. I want to talk about-